unwavering when we say Black Lives Matter. What's his name again? Uh, welcome to the Truth of Power Show on Radio for Brooklyn. I'm your host, Vijay Nathan. And with us today is uh, co-host Scott Raven. Welcome, Scott. Oh, wait one second. Let me get your... Are you back on? Yeah, go ahead. How you doing? Hey, hey. Hey, Scott. Hey, and then with us today also is Jorge Cabrales. Welcome, Jorge. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, so why don't we start the conversation off a little bit. We'll talk a little bit until we get our guest online. Um, let me just message him. Meanwhile, how, how are you all doing? How's everyone doing? How, Scott, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm in Florida after a, a day of delays um, <laughs> at the airport all day yesterday, but I'm here to see my dad in, um, cool. in Florida right now. Whereabouts in Florida? In the Boca area. So Boca. Boca, Boca. Mouth, Florida. <laughs> That's right. Yes. And uh, 85 degrees right here. Haven't been outside just yet, but uh, looking forward to spending with Dad today. Playing have some Scrabble and whatnot. Cool. Have a great day, man. Yeah. So that's also Father's Day. Uh, happy Father's Day to everyone. Yes. Yeah. Did you say Mother's Day? Father's Day. Father's Day. Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. Father's Day? Yeah. Some mothers are fathers. Some fathers yeah. are mothers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As parents, parents should be celebrated in general, but I guess they divide it up into to right. mothers and fathers. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we have, um, you know, we have, so shortly we'll be joined by Dr. Ian Vikram Sekra, um, who's, um, you know, a transpersonal uh, professor, and I'll read his bio when he comes on. What's his first uh, name again? Dr. Yen. 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 Yeah. Oh, so, all right. How, yeah. how are you doing, Jorge? I didn't hear. How, how about yourself? Oh, well, you know, when my allergies are pretty low, I think it's a good day. So, yeah. Uh, ah. <laughs> yeah, my eyes are not itchy, so it's a good day. Yeah. But I'm yeah. doing well, yeah. man. Thanks for asking, man. I'm kind of yeah. envious that you're in uh, Florida. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to be out here a little, doing just some housework for for a bit. But because um, off from school on 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 Monday, of course, we've got Juneteenth coming up. That's right, man. Coming up, it's tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Tomorrow. Watch it today, right? It's, it's actually it's just, today. It's today. It's being, it's rec- today, it's being recognized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all city workers, municipal workers. Right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's also, I believe it got declared a federal holiday, so that's good. That's what I'm so saying, really so schools, schools are off, schools yeah, are. schools are off the yeah. first time, first time ever. Yeah. 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 I can't pronounce that word, Juneteenth? Is that Juneteenth. how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, okay. Juneteenth, yeah. It's one of those funny words that you just don't, at least I don't know how to pronounce. Yeah, when you see it in print, it's a little, throws you off a little bit, yeah. It throws me off a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. So in here... Do, is that prefix teenth used in any other words? Not teenth, so much. Teenth? I don't think so. I've never seen it. T- um, and I, I don't see it frequently. Teenth. Well, you got 19th. 13th. Uh, 19th. 13th. Yeah. 13th. Yeah. Like, I haven't, heard it, I haven't heard it connected to a month, but yeah. the numbers, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, unusual for me. Yeah. So, yeah, so today we're going to be uh, focusing a little bit on the transpersonal. I'm actually doing a master's in mental counseling and the transpersonal mindfulness-based counseling. So it's interesting to think about. Why don't we go around and just talk a little bit about what we understand. I know Jorge has a little bit of familiarity. He has 
a great deal of familiarity with the transpersonal. And maybe we can start off with just kind of understanding our understanding of that word and, and what that brings up for us. Yeah. Sorry. I love the transpersonal. Um, it's basically what it states. You know, it's beyond the personal, mm. beyond the ego. It says that the not, the def, def, definitely does not negate the ego. Um, you know, we need ego. That's how you eat. That's how you pay your bills. You know, that's how you do a podcast. But um, there's something beyond that, you know. And if you entertain that proposition that there's something beyond, you know, some place, some folks call it transegoic. Um, it, it all points to the same idea, right? That there's something larger than the individual, which is pretty cool, right? So, uh, you know, and then that has its implications. It's a movement that started in the, at least in America. I don't know, got to Google it to check the particular dates, but probably late 60s, early 70s, you know, out west in the big, in the big Sur area of California. You know, um, Abraham Maslow, uh, Stanley Groff, uh, all those guys, you know. Yeah, and um, Scott, you want to chime in a little bit about what your understanding is? Do you have any? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so who are you mentioned? Maslow. That's Maslow is in hierarchy of needs. Maslow. Yes, Maslow, as in Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn, man. He's a Russian uh, Jew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that that's it. That's the guy. Ah, nice. So, yeah, I mean, I, from what I've heard. Beyond consciousness, I, I like to think of the senses, and then I like to think of. I once did a show Beyond Sense. You got the five senses, and then you got Beyond Beyond Sense, not to be confused with Beyonce Sense. But um, <laughs> what what Beyond Sense happens to be of being able to yeah, perceive something even outside even the normal five five senses. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just my understanding to it. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I like that idea. Yeah, e- e- ESP. You know. Um, I right. would say that's a uh, area of the transpersonal. Yeah, yep, makes sense to me. No. Yeah, it's so interesting when you think about, um, you know, a lot of people understand it as being like the spiritual elements of our life, and also, but also it encompasses so much more. It encompasses the 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 most subtle aspects of uh, in any religious tradition. I think uh, any any religious orientation, also the paranormal and all these different aspects of like. Um, psychic phenomena, um, you know, kind of understanding hypnosis, all these different subtle aspects of life that really c- contribute towards the non-dual perspective. You know, the idea that um, there's no um, kind of, a lot of people have this idea of the separation between mind and body. So like that's the traditional knowledge that you have a body of a mind, they're separate. But the non-dual perspective would, would meld the two into just like the um, the mind only phenomena, that phenomena is actually manifestations of the mind. So it's interesting to consider. Um, yeah, and just thinking about how consciousness produces phenomena is very uh, apropos of this discussion. Right. So perhaps our guest is is not actually in physical form today, communicating yeah. <laughs> through some sort of. Uh... <laughs> he's here. He's here. We just don't perceive him, man. Thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's beyond as us. in and and us three are in three separate spaces too, yet communicating. Yeah, oh, actually, shit. yeah. Dory right. and I are are in the studio today. Oh, I didn't know this yeah. is actually over there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm still chewing on, on your thought, man, regarding uh, beyond the senses. I like that, you know. Um, 
you know, the senses of the faculties that help us um, perceive, right? You know? Yeah. Um, so, um, beyond those five senses, you know, beyond our perception, there's something, um, there's something they just right. don't see it. Wake up, honey. Wake up, son. Um, anyway, um, just want to add that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just thinking about, like, you know, when we think about what is beyond the senses and, and the idea of the hard sciences kind of keeping the materialist perspective has very firm boundaries on what's possible. And when you think about consciousness only, and we're thinking consciousness studies, then it opens up the playing field to what's possible. Um, you know, the possibilities are endless, really. I mean, it's, so many different things are possible when you, when you, when you kind of dive into, um, the consciousness and the subtle aspects of the, the power of the consciousness to produce, um, really the, the, the huge power of the consciousness. And it gives us, you know, a lot of the philosophies are about, uh, giving us, empowering us, empowering the individual to be able to know their own, their own potential. So that's very, um, yeah, what, what are we, what are the limits for us? You know, where are the limits for us as individuals, as, as people, as human beings? Yeah. I don't know how the audience might be thinking, but, um, you know, that term consciousness, you know, there's so many people use it in so many ways, you know. Uh, when I use consciousness, I'm talking about, you know, the perceptual field, the phenomenological field, you know, uh, but some people use consciousness as something much larger. Mm. You know, like when they talk about study, you know, the study of consciousness, what used to be called the study of mind. You know, um, when, when I say consciousness, I'm talking about definitive awareness, um, not not necessarily what Jung calls the psyche, which is, you know, yeah. um, consciousness is an aspect of that. Um, when we talk about transpersonal, it seems to me, for me, the way I use consciousness, it's an aspect of transpersonal. Transpersonal goes beyond awareness, beyond consciousness. You know, it's indefinitive. Uh, consciousness, uh, when I speak about transpersonal, is definitive. I'm not saying I can measure it. I'm just saying that each individual has a limitation, you know, given one's context and so forth. However, there is the plausibility of transcending that, you know. There's something beyond in tabula rasa. You know, it's not just your experiences, but you were all born with a psychic disposition, with a psychic possibility, mm. you know, and the rest of our lives are to remember that, you know. hope that makes some sort of sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's transpersonal for me. But uh, I use consciousness as an element of the transpersonal. Yeah, I think I'm using it in the in the more of a the broader sense, the psychic. Yeah, in the broader sense, sense, yeah, the psychic. Yeah, sense, yeah, that's yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah, you know exactly, I mean? exactly, just in yeah. case the audience might get a little confused in yeah. terms of the usage. Exactly, exactly. And uh, one uh, one of the um, themes of the show is also about things like hypnosis and near uh, death experiences. Cool. So we can talk a little bit. Have Have any of you had a near death experience? Have either of you had a near death experience, or kind of or or experience that might borderline on like a very extreme. Well, I think anytime you, you know, take your car and drive in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know about Florida, but, you know, <laughs> near-death experience is eminent. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you don't pay it, if you're not conscious of your, <laughs> your surroundings. Um, oh, I'm glad it came out right. I was worried about that. I was trying to make a joke and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure I could deliver that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Um you guys have had near-death experiences? Yeah, I guess I had, you know, a couple growing up involving water. Um, oh, shit. Mm. Where it was, uh, like, preschool, one of the earliest memories of just kind of being held under underwater. 
and not and just being completely lost this was like all the other kids were dismissed and they they all left and then as the kid was getting out i think he like pushed me down and i was somewhat underwater he pushed you in the pool what like i was already in the pool but like kind of held me down a little bit more under as he was getting out and then somehow i managed to like move off to a ladder and then i had i think somebody had pulled me up um wow another instance you know around water i think another uh, i remember my dad jumped into a pool to 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 grab me because i just was in the deep end my brother was i was on his back and then he uh he kept me out there and then my dad came and he had rescued me um in his new white pants everybody always always said um and surprisingly that didn't for me give me a fear of water after i i mean i i moved toward it maybe a little bit like once i learned to actually how to swim and then i was able to do it um but that could have caused such an aversion for me but i decided to like face it and then learn how to i guess control being in water without having any idea um, you said something about your dad. Um, he was wearing his new white pants. Yeah, he was wearing his new, new white pants and he jumped in to, <laughs> to save me when I was in the deep end. I don't know. Oh, I want to hear more about the white pants. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I just remember hearing that that, that was the, like just the fact that he had had those on um, that he didn't hesitate to, to, to jump in. Yeah. I feel like being a therapist and ask you, yo, dude, how do you feel about white pants, man? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually you don't want them near a pool, but you know, yeah. getting out of the pool, that's not the move. That's a great story, man. It kind of triggers some memories. I kind of forgot it. Um, When I was a kid, my parents used to take us to Monticello, and there yeah. was this like a family thing, you know, and there was a lake and there was like a pier out to the lake, you know. Um, I didn't know how to swim, and I was hanging out, and, we, we, you know, I, I I, was drinking beer since I was, like, 10, 11, you know, um, and somehow we got our hands on some six-pack of Rango or something, and we were drinking it, and um, we went up to the pier, my friend, my buddy Alberto um, kind of pushed me, you know, in the water, and um, your story kind of reminded me of that, about that, I kind of forgot about that, and um, yeah, I thought I was going to die, man. <laughs> You know, I saw a bird on the pier, and I'm in the water. I'm saying, motherfucker, get me out, man. And he's laughing, and I don't remember right now. Someone jumped in and got, took me out, apparently, because I'm still here. You know, but I know he wasn't a bird. So, you, just, you, you, you know, your story just kind of reminded me of that story. And I totally forgot about that. I guess that was the near-death experience, you know. Right. I mean, well, we're both were, yeah. Like yeah, we both were in rescued, water. Yeah, rescued. And the too. idea of from a near-death experience... There's the di- there's the difference between yeah being rescued from it, saving yourself I guess would be a, would be another one, or just things cosmically or or somehow resolving themselves without intervention. So um, c- can we be saying that perhaps uh, when one has when one begins to experience the transpersonal, there's some element of rebirth, right? Mm, you know, right? Th- yeah. there's a going from here to there. So um, I guess, you know, these near-death experiences don't have to be like somatic death, but they're mm. the death of, 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 some, of some consciousness, right? Of, of going beyond itself. Um, and that can be experienced as a death, you follow what I'm saying? You know, so yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, and, and then water, the image of water. I mean, the image of water is always an illusion towards the unconscious. Well, not always, but usually, right? Yeah, 
Mm. You know, so you and I have, have you know had those experiences. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe we, maybe you and I have uh, experienced some manner of uh, of of going beyond our perceptual fields, right? I don't mm. know. And and it, and there's an element of um, maybe fear involved. I, I don't know about how you felt, but I felt terrified. You know, now that now that I'm remembering. Yeah, you know, so yeah, there wasn't there, at those early events. There was it wasn't even perceived as fear. It was really disorienting. Disorienting. Like I, I remember think. just the idea of okay, being almost like there was no. I couldn't like get out of the water until I was assisted or I, I found my way. But I, yeah, I don't recognize it as fear now because I was so young. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, um, yeah, I like that. I like that idea that fear comes maybe later when you're younger. It's something else, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Any other near-death experiences? Uh? Yeah, how about you, VJ? Any yeah, um, VJ. You can think of? I can't really think of anything like necessarily that where like I almost died or, or had anything like that, but... Um, I did go through a bout of depression where I was a little suicidal, but like I was just, I had like a plan of like actually of drowning, which is interesting because it has some water connection. But then uh, I kind of got over that or I kind of was able to address the underlying issues and, and, and go to a psychiatrist and a psychologist and, and many years of uh, kind of working through these emotional landscapes helped me to, to rebuild myself. But, um, but that was like at 18. At 18, like when I was like idealizing a little bit, a little suicidal audition, as they call it. But, oh. um, but yeah, I think like there's a lot of like, I think especially in the teenage years, there's a lot of like, you know, re, re, rebirth or recalibration of someone's of the identity. You're kind of leaving childhood, you're kind of entering adulthood, and you're kind of understanding like, like who you are in the world, where you fit in the world. Is the world a good place? Is the world a, a kind place? Or is the world, uh, you know, a horrible shit show, you know, which is sometimes the way it's uh, portrayed. So it's interesting. Um, yeah, take a little bit about your uh, kind of transition and how and how you discovered maybe your life path or how you discovered, because at least for me, that was like a real uh, uh, awakening of consciousness. And then, um, you know, slowly, slowly, I, I, well, I took many years uh, working in the library. Uh, now I'm returning to kind of my original because originally I was very attracted to psychology of religion, psychology of consciousness, the psychology of the psychology of awakening, and uh, now I'm returning to that with the work done in the clinical mental health counseling degree. So, um, kind of returning to my original passion of psychology of consciousness in that broad sense. Um, yeah, I'm wondering. Um, I mean, I, I you know. Friends and families kind of always ask me, George, this interest in the transpersonal, how practical is that? You yeah. Know, you know, you, sp- you, know you, you spend a day in your own head, you know. Now, how useful is that? Well, right now, the three of us are sharing stories, right? These existential narratives. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people can, these stories should resonate with them, somehow should connect with the, uh, with the public, right? And m- many of the publics, when they have these experiences as kids or you know, they, they, they somehow, in some degree, introduce trauma, don't they, in their lives? You know, and they're trying to recover from that wound, from that, that, that experience. I mean, it could be later in life. It doesn't have to be early. Um, and then, um, you know, society, you know, the, the structures that we have is go see a psychiatrist, right? Or get over it, you know what I mean? Mm. Or, 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 or do something that, that's valuable. Um, but they really don't address it. 
It seems to me that um, the transpersonal approach is a way, not the way, but I think a, a, a hygienic way to address these early experiences or these experiences that we kind of kind of place on, on the shelf, right? And really don't pay attention and, you know, and at one point just kind of deny them in some manner. You know, I hope this makes some sort of sense. So I think the transpersonal is practical. You know, um, it's, it's, it's an approach. It's a way to look at life. You know, what are these episodes in our lives? Uh, are they are they just, to use my words, you know, painful? Or do they um, provide an opportunity for us to see a larger picture? I, hope, I don't know if that makes any sense. And I think the transpersonal does that. Some people say, that, well, that's religion. Well, yeah, religion is a transpersonal <laughs> social experiment. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it's become addicted to dogma. Uh, it doesn't go, you know, it doesn't go back into the experience. Um, I feel like your eyes want to say something, VJ. <laughs> yeah, I just really activated around the idea of, um, you know, that this uh, practicality and this priority. I kind of really activated around that because it's like it's so limiting to the idea that oh, you have to, you know, make rules of money on a specific thing. And very even like even if you you can make a lot of money on. Uh, it is a lucrative career, I think, to go into transpersonal studies, but it could be. But the point is, like, why is that always the goal? Why is it always like practicality is so, you know, the idea that you have to be part of the machine and cog, a cog in the machine rather than doing what you're passionate about, doing what you love, you know? So I just feel, I felt very like alive around that conversation. Um, yeah, Scott, do you want to contribute a little bit to the, the idea of like practicality and, and uh, and passion, the balance between the two, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I was just reading a little bit up on, um, you know, people that you have people that devote their lives just toward yoga or toward meditation, you mm. know, and whether you know that, um is any more valuable than yeah, somebody that's, you know, on the grind every single day doing, you know, uh, work outside with other people and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, like, yeah, I mean, got to take care, care of ourselves with which to then be able to then uh, take care of others as well. Yeah, and also the society really dictates what is our, our evolving society really dictates what is practical and what is useful. You know, because it's like back in the day and there were other civilizations, you know, being practical and being being social or being connected to the community was very different. Um it looked very differently because of course Indian societies and Vedantic and traditional Vedantic societies going off and becoming a sannyasi was like you know, it was like a career path almost like it was like that's what people yeah. did and that was like a, the the uh that was like a vocational calling so it was like it was like known that people would go off and just do yoga and just meditate and cave and you know that would be their calling to do and they would just you know it's amazing that that was an option they would not think yeah. about it in terms of lucrativity you know and yeah i mean i tend to think you know a life devoted to the arts has has value too of, of, of sitting you know writing every day and you know whether whether you're you're changing opinions or any of that, but you know just the gift of laughter or being able to give spread joy to people uh, with entertainment or or jokes has has real value as well. Yeah, and especially during the pandemic, we were all like really thriving off of the cultural 
uh, you know, talking a lot about binge watching and binge listening and all this kind of stuff that we were really thriving off the arts so that really showed us. I mean, all the time we're doing it anyway, but um, especially brought the focus of the national conversation to the importance of uh, artistic um, right. uh, endeavors. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, what was I thinking? So people, they'll watch uh, you do like an Instagram video or, or a TikTok, whatever, and it'll be eight seconds, right? And how much of an impact sometimes something like that can have um or is is it even impact it, it just you know somebody somebody gets a gets a smile for for a, a short video that as compared to somebody who's working every day nine to five and really shaping you know helping helping somebody's mind that's a um, good that's a good question yeah like which has has more value yeah that microsecond of something that um yeah somebody sees something i guess you can't generalize that. that i guess you can can i generalize shit like that i mean you know i i really subscribe to, you know to the proposition that um we're all unique you know what i'm saying it's, uh you know conformity doesn't doesn't you know it's something and its implications has always disturbed me i i th- I, th- I think um if for some second, for some for some individuals, if eight seconds is enough to give you some sort of nourishment, that's cool. Mm. You know, and for other people, need some some more of a continuity. You know, I think that's cool too. You know, I think what's the Woody Allen movie? Or, you know, whatever works. Um, so, um, by the way, that's a great Woody Allen movie. Whatever works. Oh, Larry David. <laughs> yeah, with Larry yeah, David. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he falls out of the yeah. window in that first scene. So funny, <laughs> but anyway, um, I think the point I'm trying to say in terms of what you guys are saying whatever regarding works. creativity, yeah. Um, yeah, it's whatever works. And um, but I think a step before creativity seems to me, or maybe, maybe it's after, or maybe it's during creativity. But I think it's some somewhere along the lines, something that's inextricable creativity is experiencing a sense of meaning, mm. you know, and that's an aspect of uh, transpersonal, you know, creativity. Yeah. Again, transpersonal, we use it in a broad sense and includes. Just um, you know, um, just the material world, but also the immaterial. You know, mm-hmm. and, and what's that marriage about between material yeah. and immaterial? And I think, um, um, you know, that's what the trans person is interested in, right? That marriage, and um, um, part of that marriage is h- how do you experience creativity? Mm. You know, um, and it seems that an inextricable element of creativity is experiencing meaning. And again, that's different for each person, right? I mean, yesterday I was in Long Island at a tournament. And I was, you know, I'm going through separation. I was feeling pretty depressed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just felt alive again. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just um, uh, what I was involved in, you know, this, this you know, raising fund for cancer um, in a project. It, it just made me feel, you know, there's something there. Um, um, and I'm sure for some people, it was just labor, <laughs> yeah. you know, and for others, much more noble than what I was experiencing. But I think um, you just need something new that that takes you from this place to that place, and that kind of stuff for me is very practical. You can't measure, you can't sell it. You know, um, maybe somebody will, right? <laughs> you know, mm. for the Indian land is how can you sell land, man? Mm. Well, you know, the white man figured it out, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think in New York City they're able to sell air, right? <laughs> so um, you know, we never know. You know, you ever see that movie Avatar? You know, they were trying mm-hmm. to excavate stuff. I think the stuff they were excavating was immaterial stuff ultimately. Mm. 
And I mean, that's kind of scary shit, you know, to be able to sell the sacred in some way, to be able yeah. to sell meaning. Imagine, I, I guess we do sell creativity, don't we? Mm. You know, we, we sell painting, right? We sell poetry. Yeah, I'm always afraid to go into the conversation yeah. about NFTs and, uh, <laughs> and cryptocurrency and all this imagined real estate of like- There you uh, go. All this ridiculous thing. I, I think that's a little ridiculous how they're pumping up and- it's only like uh, it's all just imagined real estate that they're really selling. It's just cryptocurrencies, but uh, NFTs, I guess, are a object, a tangible object, but or they're like a electronic object, from my understanding. But they're being sold in a way that a little bit more valuable than they really are. Yeah, <laughs> uh, five year cycles. Yeah. But then another thread from that was I was thinking about it uh, was making me think about like all these different aspects of like cultural meaning and how we're in, kind of uh, what's the word like not indoctrinated, but we're kind of like, I guess we're kind of in a sense indoctrinated. We're kind of like, you know, hypnotized by the um, the the way the, the way the, the, the worldview of our society. So we're kind of like dazed by that worldview. So we don't be able to see. So then, um, you know, relating to hypnosis, the idea of, you know, meditation or meditative contemplative arts and in, in that regard, in the broader sense of getting into that programming and becoming aware of that programming of how we, we see things in the world in a specific way because we're told it's that way, you know? So I don't know what your thoughts on like programming or about, um, you know, hypnosis or meditation. This well, kind that's of thing, what I was right? thinking. Yeah. Um, it sounds like maybe you, you're describing at least that as I was listening to you, that's what I thought. I was wondering, is, is that a, a way to describe hypnosis? Yeah. You know, you, you can you talk more about that? Yeah, just basically that hypnosis is a way to get in touch with a deeper sense of deeper unprogrammed self, you know, that, that self that's deeper inside of you that at least ideally it should be. It should be a way to access that, you know, going through the layers of old programming and getting excavating to that deeper sense. I mean, some people use it in a way that perhaps activates a program sense, uh, but at least makes them aware of it. But I think, like at least in pop culture, they tend to think of hypnosis in the terms of accessing a program layer. But really, you know, when we use hypnosis in traditional sense, we're accessing that deeper unprogrammed sense and able to uh, activate that aspect of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Scott was saying stuff. something. I've been, you've been hypnotized. I'm saying that I've been hypnotized before. Yeah. On two occasions. That's in the, what do you call pop culture sense. Yeah. But I found that I, I whether I, I feel like I'm susceptible to the power of suggestion mm. within those, within those, within those contexts. But I still kind of saw that kind of like almost as a, as a stage you're being hypnotized and then still I'm, I was open to suggestion and in real life, I guess I can be, I guess a little stubborn and I like to do things, you know, my own way, certain, certain, certain things. Um, but when it was under the guise of being actually hypnotized, so yeah. like, I don't know what, what I'm trying to say is that further like explored the dichotomy of like, you know, stage, stage self, creative self, and then off stage self. Mm. Um, 
you've been hypnotized, BJ, at all? I've done some in- hypnotherapy in the sense of like, you know, like um, using hypnosis for affirmative for affirmations or for the sense of that. Then that sense, not like hypnotizing the pop culture sense, but using uh, hypnotherapy for like de- getting deeper into meditative states. More like it's more it's a little slightly different than the way you see it, uh, like in media you know it's just more like meditation. yeah but those, those things have value yeah. you know yeah. how people will use that course, to, yeah. to quit smoking or they'll yeah. use yeah. it to, to stop a behavior yeah um i've had a friend that used it and it, it you know a couple people that has have worked for i guess smoking yeah for, for an extended period of time and then yeah. they end up going back yeah uh, imagine when i was a kid i used to watch those i forgot which programs was the laughing or something and they always had like a stage hypnosis, you know, like yeah. not always, but they would have someone up there, you know, and they pick someone from the audience, you know, and they make them pickpocket someone else. I don't know, something like that, you know. Um, and, you know, I guess, you know, they're open to these suggestibilities, to, you know, whatever the associations may be. Um, but I'm also at the same time wondering how hypnosis just works in everyday life. Um you know, sociology, they sell different things like norms. You know, you, you brought up in a family that loved sports, you know, and, and that was the norm. But one way to, I guess, also to frame that is to say you were, you were hypnotized, huh? you know. Um, so every time you see a certain color, it's, you're associated to a certain team. And, you know, it's, this kind of image reminds me of this type of sports. Um, I, I, I would argue that some sort of like being hypnotized, right? Um, you know, it, it it induces you from one state of consciousness to another state of consciousness. Mm. So you know, um, so we're all kind of like asleep, you know, and be and we're all vulnerable to certain images, mm. and it then will take us from here to there. I, I know that makes some sort of sense, you know. Um, I mean, I, I was just waiting for VJ outside the building. I'm saying, what a what, what a great day, man! Yeah, so I started taking some pictures. And I think I was hypnotized by the sky. You know, I, I was hypnotized by the shadows. I hope I'm not being too broad. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think hypnosis works. Yeah. You know, I um, mean, it, it happens um, almost organically, but it also can happen, you know, unintentionally, but it also can happen intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know, you brought up in a space and, and some dude or, you know, some dudette, <laughs> someone's going to um, induce you from this state to another state and then hopefully there'll be some sort of benefit behind you, you got some sort of plan you know to recover from this or that or improve i don't know your vitality or yeah also i think about trans habits. states from that you know trans states being like it's kind of variation on hypnotized states since trans states i think are undirected you know like hypnotized i tend to think of hypnosis as being like a directed uh trance um that's so interesting. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about trance when you when you're like lost in a moment or lost in a in a beauty of a moment and you're like kind of in like this subliminal state. We're yeah. very suggestive. Yeah, yeah, I like that subliminal. But wouldn't you say then advertising is a form of hypnosis? Then yeah, yeah, yeah I always say yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. They definitely the access. I mean, access subliminal messages. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they, in hypnosis, I think one of the things they do is they give you homework, you know, you got to do this a lot, um, and it takes you from one place to another, and yeah, watching propaganda is a way of hypnosis, like you were saying, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so our listeners, the Truth to Power Show, I'm ready for Brooklyn, we're here with Scott Raven, Jorge Cabrales, discussing a little bit of the transpersonal, um, 
discussing a little bit of our experience with the transpersonal and and what's going on in our life uh, in regards to subliminal or you know uh, the kind of empowerment uh, the hypnosis how our experience with hypnosis experience with subliminal messaging how, how, is there any particular advertisements that really got to you or that really got under your skin or really made you feel like can you remember an ad maybe that uh, that really that stands out to you? I know, like I know, like um, some of the slogans really get under my skin, so that there I'm able to like recall them. Actually, like when I go to the when I see the restaurant or I see the thing, like I was just seeing Farmers Insurance the other day as I was driving. I saw <laughs> I saw I saw a, um, a you know a storefront for Farmers Insurance, and I that their their little jingle came to mind. You know, dun 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 dun. dun. And I was like, farmers. yeah, we are farmers. And I was like, I literally came to mind, like, as I saw the, as I saw the storefront. So is there anything how that got under my skin, you know? Yeah. What is, what is the one now? Liberty, 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 liberty. Um, yeah. And yeah. now I guess we have a little bit more control over, over with streaming services. I mean, I, I'll tape programs and then be able to, to fast forward through, through the advertisements. But, you know, all shows are so clever with it now where they can all, all the product placement is within the show itself. Um, the ads are are in in the program itself more so than um, than the show. And, you know, like a lot of shows, what they got hip to is they'll make their advertise and make it seem like it's an extension of the program so that you don't fast forward. and You think you're missing the program. Um I remember with like Mad Men, they used to do that. Saturday Night Live, they do that too, where like they'll have something that seems like it might be a commercial parody, but it really isn't. It's just like a silly actual commercial mm. to get you to stay on the actual commercial. Yeah. Like whether or not it's spur anything has actually spurred me to a purchase. It's you never, you know, you never know. You know? <laughs> Growing, growing up, maybe like some of the serial commercials, those those always appealed to me, just the, the mascots of them. Um, and now, you know, you tend to, to long for the ones that you don't see anymore. But it was more so the relationship to like the the mascot and the, the icons rather than for the product itself. Yeah. You just made me think of something. Um, I mean, we're talking about hypnosis and... Uh, um, Initially, I I, I, I kind of approached it that's medicinal, you know. It, it has something to help us, you know, relate to our life, you know, go beyond the personal. Um, again, yeah. not to negate the personal. Um, it helps us become much more integral. Um, but I guess hypnosis can also be employed <laughs> in a manipulate, you know, to manipulate others, right? You know, so so there's like a uh, this. I don't want to say it's there's an irony there, I guess, but there's there's a paradox there, right? That hypnosis stuff, like just like religion, I guess, um, it can it can it can be medicinal, it can be healthy for you, um, or it can also be um, it, it can also be like a shackle, you know, it, it could prison you in a certain lifestyle. Um, so you got to be like, how is hypnosis being employed? Mm-hmm. You know, um, is it to um, help you reach something much more whole um, with mm-hmm. your psyche, or does it or does it promote fragmentation? And it makes you become a better consumer, <laughs> mm. you know. Um, I think consequently, you know, I, I think if you go towards the latter, you know, becoming a better con- consumer, I, I, I think it um it scaffolds being neurotic, 
Mm. You know, um, you know. So yeah. there's a um, it facilitates um, any authoritarian personality to step in. <laughs> yeah, you know, man, and then you know, kind of manipulate you and say, "Hey, brother, you know, uh, let's make make America great again." You know, how many people <laughs> are hypnotized by that? Yeah. You know? You know? And it reminds me of our relationship to, it's coming up for me as also as our relationship to the environment, making contact with the environment, like rather than being in our own head, ideology, ideologically driven, rather we should make contact with the moment, with the environment, um, thinking about like echo psychology or echo psychology, you know, making contact with the natural world rather opposed to the manufactured world, the man manufactured world. And also, yeah, making contact with the reality as opposed to ideology is the other theme so the natural versus the man-made world as well as the reality versus ideology um you know kind of not being so ideologically driven but rather seeing what's on the ground right now and what's coming up rising right now and trying to address it yeah that's an interesting connection right got um the idea of um ideology and hypnosis yeah you know you know if you if you're someone that you're a proponent of a particular ideology, mm. are you hypnotized? Yeah. Or are you genuinely exercising your will? Yeah. You know, and then again, begs another question, what is the relationship between the egoic will and hypnosis? Yeah. You know, does hypnosis liberate that will or does hypnosis paralyze that will? You know, that's, those are interesting questions. Um, and, and again, when I think of ideology, I, I always get a little, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Ideologies scare me. Yeah, you know, um, my father used to use that word, and he—I think he always used it like in a positive sense. But I always felt like it also could be non-positive. That, yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean, ideology can be quite scary things. Yeah. You know, it's what divides the Mets fans from Yankee fans. You know, um, you know, their narratives behind ideologies. You know, they're, they're constructive. Um, but um, I guess we're really approaching hypnosis in, a, in such a broad, in a broad sense. You know, it could be a good thing you know there's a yin yang element to it to you know it's something good and something not so good mm. you know yeah definitely and i think like when you think of a dogmatic approach it's like it's being slavish to the ideology yeah that's Do- that's really Do- dogmatic yeah yeah dogma, yeah, dogma yeah. can uh mesmerize someone yeah. Dog- dogma does mesmerize people yeah you know what i mean um yeah. yeah, so you have to you have to stay true to the ideology regardless of what's going on, what's arising in the moment, and being almost blind to the moment, and kind of really relying on the ideology to to guide you. To and, guide you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now, just hypno is the the prefix hypno. Does that mean sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were brothers, um, twin brothers, hypno and uh, uh, what was the other brother? Death. Hypo or uh, hypo? Uh, where the word tenatos comes from. Oh um, yeah, yeah, death, death yeah, drive, death yeah. and sleep were like you could check the mythology, but they were like twin brothers. So it's, it's interesting the relation between sleep and, and death, you know? Right. Yeah. So you, that's where you get hypnosis and um, tenatos. But so then, I mean, is is the act of dreaming a form of hypnosis as well? I mean, are, there you go, man. By our own dreams. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, that, oh. yeah. It, that's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. yeah or does uh, something else have to have to uh, yeah in, intersect with that? 
yeah. our own dreams are, are hypnotizing us. Yeah, or, or not just our dreams, but maybe maybe we're we're asleep when we're awake. <laughs> yeah, just to give greater context, this is in Greek mythology. I looked up, I just Googled um, hypnotizantos and thanatos. Uh, um, okay, so ancient Greek religion and mythology, the personification of death. Uh, and Thanatos was the son of Nynx, the goddess of night, and the brother of Hypnos, the god of sleep. So he appeared to humans to carry them off to the underworld when the time allotted them by the fates had expired. There you um, go. Yeah. I get scared with Googles now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Half the time you're right, half the time, oops, you're wrong. This is from Britannica. <laughs> uh, Britannica, so it should be an authoritative source. But a lot of times you have to check the source, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. though. Sometimes it can be a little tricky. Some regular, some blogger, end up getting high in the results or something like that. Or something. hey, there's no wrong yeah, getting high, yeah. man. It's another form of hypnosis. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of reaching the transpersonal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Experiencing the transpersonal, being the transpersonal. So, so I listeners, now this is Radio for Brooklyn. Radio for Brooklyn's mission is to create a free and open platform, dark meaning, promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. Rely primarily on donations and listeners like you, the thinking of uh, soliciting uh, and commercialism. All this is sustained by, you know, uh, uh, your your donations. So every dollar helps to continue to stay on air, allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support the monthly pledge or one-time donation at readyflugorg slash donate. Then if you prefer to do it while you're shopping and you're an Amazon shopper, you like doing it in a way that costs you nothing? Go to readyforbrooklyn.com slash Amazon and register Radio for Brooklyn as your Amazon small charity. Every time you shop, a portion of your purchase benefits Ready for Brooklyn. Um, if you're listening to this in front of your computer, free yourself up by downloading our mobile apps for iPhone or Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. And be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter, latest news about upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at readyforbrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Okay, so um, lastly, uh, we have like 10 minutes left, so we have a little time, but um, did you know that June is Men Health, Men's Health Month? The Cancer Services Program, CSP of Brooklyn, hopes you will use this time to take a positive step towards preventing all forms of cancer, including colorectal. Historically, men are less likely to get screened for colorectal cancer, yet men contracted more often than women. If you're 45 years of age, we encourage you to call your health provider to schedule screening. If you're 40, under 45, contact your provider to discuss your risks and when you should start. For men in Kings County, age 45 and older, without insurance, the CSP may be able to help with free colorectal cancer screenings to those who qualify. Please contact the CSP. Um, that's the Cancer Services Program of New Brooklyn um, at 718-250-8708 to learn more. Go to tinyurl.com slash nycancerscreening. The CSP is supported with funds um, from New York State, from the state of New York. Okay. Oh, they, gave, they gave men a men a month again, I guess? Yeah, I guess it's, it's generally it's um, men's health, was it men's health month? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, uh, you know, there, 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 there was argument that all months have been more male-centric over time, all months. yeah. Yo, um, I didn't know but, that. Yeah, because June is actually Pride Month, right? June is traditionally right, right. Uh, Pride Month for uh, LGBT communities, mm-hmm. LGBT plus communities. So it's interesting. Yeah, I need I need to make the connection that they're saying June is Men's Health Month. 
So yeah, yeah, because you got women's Women's History Month March, Black yeah. History February, yeah, April. What's April? Poetry Month. <laughs> Poetry, <laughs> and then May. Uh, Asian, May is men- Asian. Men- men- or Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah, also Asian American Asian Heritage Month. Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, Asian American Heritage Month. It's definitely LGBT. Um, weekend, isn't it? You know, yeah, I, I don't know about the month, but it's definitely the weekend. I was in the Met game Friday night, and they were giving us stuff with the rainbow, and you know, yeah, all of June I believe is Pride Month. Yeah, all oh, it's June, the whole, yeah, whole month, and, yeah, whole month. Yeah, that's what I understood. Yeah, yeah, Stonewall. I was yeah. passing by Christopher Street the other day, and Stonewall yeah. had all this flags could out. Structure your year based on the months. Yeah, rather days <laughs> just on what the month focus is, and just yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a hypnosis going on there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe well, maybe a good hypnosis because it's getting us to realize what yeah the, the the community and the and the 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 identities of the community and you know raising our awareness for that's what it is the man. diversity of our community, yeah, the diversity of our brothers and sisters, yeah. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think that I guess that's why, ironically, that's what um, hypnosis is, is, is to wake you up from your yeah. sleep. Yeah. So, with these images, you know, uh, yeah. so when you have these months, you have these um, associated with these months, you have um, these images, right? You know, these colors, and that they should induce you from, they should suggest to you, um, you know, you know it's, um, that go from here to there. And then I guess you ultimately have to exercise your will. Mm. Am, am I going to continue this, this, this path, you know? Yeah. Uh, because I think it kind of sucks if you know there's a month for this, and then the next month you forget about the previous month. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like, what's up with your lifestyle, dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you only focus in on those themes in that month, and you're just like completely <laughs> oblivious to them the rest of the year. Like, come on now, like that like, just raise awareness. Like I'm so kind oh, to my yeah. gay sister, you know, in June, but when it comes to July, yeah. know, I start treating her shitty again. Yeah, <laughs> there's something wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, something bad about that. Yeah, but at the same time, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting point. Like, how, why why uh, focus it on a month when you it should be all year? You know, African American awareness yeah. of what, the heritage. You, that's right. There you go. Uh, yeah, so important. do you remember? Do you remember what which month is National Memory Loss? Uh, oh shit, that's month? a good question. <laughs> oh god, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I never heard of that actually. I'll have to yeah, that. I, don't know. I don't know. I I can't ever seem to. Are you a card carrying member of the memory? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I impaired know. vision awareness awareness month. There you go. Is there a month for that? Is there a month? For that? I don't. I, I don't I, know. I'm not hitting anything. I, As an educator, I feel I like I should know leg. this I by like heart, but I, by heart, but I don't. Yeah, I I, I maybe. It's one of the things I'm grateful, you know, it's September, they give all these handouts, you know, or not September, but like the last week in August, you know, you go back for orientation, they give, they give you these handouts, September's this month, you know, October's this month. Uh, November is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. What, November? Alzheimer's Awareness Month, yeah, and then June is Brain Awareness Month. Uh, Alzheimer's Awareness Month, the longest day, November is Alzheimer's Awareness this is from uh, uh, brightstarcare.com. Uh, so that might may, may not be accurate. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, there, there there's a site that that has significance for every day. To I mean, there's yeah. pretty much a holiday on every single day as well. Yeah. Who decides these things? Like a bureaucrat or someone who's really like in in touch with 
the pulse of humanity. Yeah, you, there's a way that you can that you can petition with a certain amount of signatures to get something to be an actual day, whether that's town centric or, or city centric. But yeah. you know, yeah, you that's like uh, your, your area with the parking where they say uh, accepting holidays. Then you can just argue like every day is like a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like every day is exempt. Like you know, November's Alzheimer's Day. Yeah, Alzheimer's month. Like, is there something about the circadian rhythm in November (laughs) that you know that it kind of relates to Alzheimer, or is that just an arbitrary bureaucratic decision? Sounds like arbitrary. Yeah, you know, I'm like, sorry, I went, I went the different conduit, you know. But um, I'm just wondering, like, you know, like why did they pick that month, right? Yeah, Yeah. like, like you know, African American month or Indigenous People month. Yeah, you know, like. Who, who makes these conscious choices? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or they just arbitrarily, I don't know. Uh, it'd be cool if, if the decision process will include like what's happening in the world, you know, something about the time of year, you know, kind of it's associated with this recognition. Yeah. And I think that'd be a bit more sacred, right? Yeah. I think it'd be good to have some kind of grounded in uh, a, a well, I hate to say an ideology, but not an like, ideology, uh, yeah, but, but it, like some kind of belief, uh, some kind of structure, so maybe some kind of. Uh, I mean, there is a relationship. Yeah. It seems to me, no matter what the cultural manifestations or expressions are, yeah, um, you know, whatever those cultural celebrations are, there should be there should be a relationship between that and and and, and the rest of the the universe. You know, yeah. if you could do that, you know, related, just don't make it arbitrary. You know, yeah, because if, if you don't, then I think you maintain this. The disassociation between culture and the transpersonal, you know, the, yeah. the transpersonal is sacred, man. Um, you know, it's consciousness definitely is much more secular. At least that's how I approach it. You know, but when you talk about the relationship between the secular and the non-secular, mm. which is what the transpersonal is about, um, then um, am I making any sense? You know? Yeah, I think it's. I think generally speaking, my my own view is that the. The world is a little bit uh, chaotic, and the universe is chaotic, and that we, ideology kind of comes in, and or some kind of belief system, or some kind of cultural gives it order. Gives it order, yeah, yeah, so which is cool. But there's so many different versions, there's so many different iterations of that that it's hard to like coordinate all these different orchestral things into like one harmonious, harmonious thing, which is sort of what I guess the calendar does do. It's but it seems arbitrary at first, but perhaps it has some kind of harmony to it. Harmonizing all the different threads. So maybe there is a harmony between yeah. June and LGBT. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, maybe we're just not seeing it. I don't know. We're just not seeing it. Yeah. Somebody help me see it. Yeah. <laughs> so we have about a few more minutes left. Um, I think I did all the announcements, but yeah, if you have any final thoughts, we can discuss a little bit of. Um, let's see what other. Unfortunately, our. Uh, our time is limited. We have the next show coming in a few minutes. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I hope people will continue to listen to Ready for Brooklyn. Um, yeah. And then, uh, what else is coming up here as far as like, it's kind of brings up for me empathy, the idea of like being able to understand all the, all these different systems of belief systems, systems of understanding and be able to understand, well, where is everyone coming from and where is everyone's structure coming from? So then it's like a parallel processing rather than, like a one-way processing for for uh, for the world and for all people, you know, acknowledging the fact that there's a 
there's like no particular there's no set meaning to what the what the month of June means or what you know the month any one of these months mean. There's no set meaning, but we give it meaning. So that fluidity of meaning perhaps is what's liberating for us all. You know, I like the idea of of connecting empathy. You know, being an empathic yeah. person with. Yeah. You know, with regards to the transpersonal, mm. um, it seems to me that if you're interested in something that's beyond the personal, yeah, um, a way to do it is in your lifestyle. You need to be able to see beyond your perspectives. You know, to be empathic. You know, um, and I don't know what comes first: your love for the transpersonal or your practice of being an empathic individual. Um. Doesn't matter. I think ultimately you want to be an integral person, right? Yeah. So, um, I I suspect that there is a marriage. I think between the transpersonal and being empathic as well. Yeah. Thank you. I just want to take the opportunity to say thanks to VJ and Scott, man, for letting me be here. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I interrupted you, Scott. Sorry. What are you saying, Scott? Yeah, yeah. I I like the point that he was just making of, of yeah the the beyond the personal where you're you're you know through empathy the limitation then though lies in that in consciousness i i don't know how you're vis- visually perceiving what you're perceiving mm. i'm not behind your eyes you're not behind mine so we don't really know how you're taking in certain things at least on a visual um we're doomed we can... <laughs> yeah thank you thank you um and I wanted to say uh, all glory to the Hypnotoad. I don't know if anybody was a Futurama fan, but uh. Hip- Hypnotoad was one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, that would, he would just hum and, and put people into some sort of trance. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Interesting, interesting. I like that. Look it up if, if you like. Hypnotoad. I will. Hypnotoad. <laughs> I like right. the idea of humming. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much for being here. Thank um. you, Harry. Thank you, man, for having me, guys. Thank you. All right, so we'll end today, and hopefully people will continue to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn uh, as we progress. And Happy Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. And you can find out our our archives at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash shoot the power. See our our past episodes and binge listen as we we begin the, uh, the summer. Thank you.